Welcome into episode 104 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and today I'm happy to be joined once again by Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you? Doing great. It feels good to be back. Feels like it's been uh, it's been a while since we've recorded Sources Say together. Yeah, we went to Vegas for the Pangos All-American camp, and then this, just this past weekend we were in Shelbyville for another uh, the, the opening of the evaluation period for you know, the NCAA's first weekend there were coaches were allowed to go see kids in person and, you know, with scheduling, uh, UK scheduling a bunch of official visitors and, and the opening of the direct contact period between uh, coaches and, and prospects in the class of 2023. And we felt like this was a perfect opportunity to kind of get – things rolling again and and talk in depth about a who and what we saw this past weekend at the uh, Titans Rockets summer showcase um, and then beyond that you know some of the UK official visitors that are on campus this past weekend and, and we're on campus this past weekend and then uh, just kind of some other small notes on on you know just the 2023 contact period opening up and those sorts of things so plenty to discuss today but Sean I want to begin our show with uh, a a note from our friends at Prize Picks. It's been a minute since we talked about them and with them. So I wanted to use this opportunity to kind of bring that up again with the NBA playoffs well underway. It's time. So with the NBA playoffs well underway, there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite former Wildcats play than by playing daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and just pits you against the numbers whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual basketball fan looking to add some excitement to the games prize picks is the perfect game for you you simply select two to five players and predict if they will go over or under their projection this week i'll be taking devin booker over 30.5 points and paul george over 5.5 assists that I believe happens Tuesday evening. So this will give us kind of an opportunity to uh, get that rolling and, and kind of give you some time to put in those picks before the uh, official uh, game begins to, on Tuesday. Prize Picks gives you the chance to win 10 times your money for getting four or five projections correct. Download the Prize Picks app or visit prizepicks.com and sign up using the promo code PILGRIM. That's P I L. G-R-I-M to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Don't forget, that's the Prize Picks app or prizepicks.com and the code PILGRIM to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of your favorite former Kentucky stars to the next level this postseason. Sean, we were in Shelbyville this past weekend for the Titans Rockets summer uh, shootout where Reed Shepard, son of 1998, uh, Final Four most outstanding player Jeff Shepard was in attendance. Uh, we went up there, and that's that's kind of the the main player we went there to, to see. Uh, another top 100 prospect, um, uh, Caleb Glenn of Mail was also there. George Washington the third, who's also flirting in that same uh, ranking uh, range. Uh, Sire Malonga, I believe, is how you pronounce his name. He is also taking a visit on Wednesday to Kentucky. He was also in attendance. So there was a, a lot of local talent that was that was in attendance and, and performed fairly well. But the player that everybody had their eyes on and kind of sparked the most controversy out of everybody was Reed Shepard, Sean, where 
on the court, he looked absolutely phenomenal from, from start to finish. Every time we got to see him play, he looked very, very, very good. Uh, and college coaches were allowed to be in attendance. So we got to see Jawan Howard of, of Michigan. We got to see Tony Bennett of Virginia along with an assistant. They were there for uh, both of, of Reed's games on day one. Uh, we also had Wes Miller of Cincinnati there with an assistant. You go down the list, it was a lot of high-profile coaches. Louisville's assistant was there for all four of, of Reed's games throughout the weekend. You go down the list, a lot of high major coaches in attendance, a lot of people with their eyes on Reed Shepard, uh, but no one from the University of Kentucky was there, Sean, and that is something that brought a lot of attention um, to, you know, on social media this weekend and on our respective websites that we, that we write for. Everybody wanted to know where the heck John Calipari and his assistants were whenever it came to uh, Reed Shepard's game. So uh, before we get into kind of the, the nitty-gritty of that stuff, I, I really just want to get your opinion on Reed's performances that you saw in person and just kind of do you think he's Kentucky material? Is, is this a mistake that Kentucky's not going all in on him from day one, or do you uh, understand the slow playing of the process? They're not doing anything out of character, honestly. I mean, we, we know how they are. We know how Kentucky basketball rolls when it comes to recruiting and offers and evaluations and how long it took them to kind of get out there and see Dante Allen a few years ago. So I do think that he's good enough, absolutely. He checks off every single box that you want to see checked off. A complete player shoots the ball well, handles the ball well. He rebounds the ball well. Uh, the crazy thing to me, obviously, his high school team is undersized. I mean, you get that a lot in the state of Kentucky, especially down my way where people kind of have to play out of position. Well, they're they're playing a lot of zone because they're so small and he plays the center position. But there was no doubt he probably finished every game with a double-double because he rebounds the ball well. His mid-range game is money. <laughs> 15, 16 feet, it's money. And he's rising up above every single player, every single defender. Like there's pictures that Keeley took over the weekend where there's no contest because the guy can't jump with Reed. Um, I don't want to get into the whole is he more athletic than Jeff because Jeff was super athletic. I think Reed is right there with him. He has a little bit of him and a little bit of Stacy in his game, both of them. And you asked me about Kentucky. Is it a mistake that they're not in on him so early? The one thing that stands out to me, Jack, is when you and I and some others were talking to him, he was asked about the Louisville offer. He wasn't asked about Kentucky. And his comment was what? It's every kid's dream in the state of Kentucky to earn an offer from the University of Louisville and the University of Kentucky. He mentioned Kentucky himself, which tells me that – He actually mentioned down, Kentucky first. He, he, he did. He said it's, all, it's every Kentucky player's dream to get an offer from the University which tells of Kentucky you what? and Louisville. Yeah. Which tells you what? He wants he wants the offer. Does that mean he goes to Kentucky? I don't know. Like, does he want th- – to me, this is going to be a difficult situation to navigate for John Calipari and for the Shepherd family. I, I think it's, it's fair to say that it's not an easy decision because there's a ton of pressure that comes along with it in going to UK. I think there's a ton of pressure on Cal, regardless of how this thing goes. Um, it's going to be a long time before we know how this thing ends. But we're going to get into all that. But he is he's ever bit as good. He is power five level basketball talent. I think he's up to number 39 maybe in the rivals rankings, if yep. I'm not mistaken. The, I think that he has potential to climb even more there when he does this against elite level competition. The, the thing that helps Reed is his athleticism. He can play and jump with anyone. And that's going to help him. And maybe that's where Kentucky decides to watch. Maybe it wasn't in this – 
there were other guys there that Kentucky's interested in, Jack, and guys visiting and stuff, and they weren't there to watch them. That's why I don't want people to think it's a slap in the face that they weren't there to see Reed this weekend. We know Kentucky's all hands on deck with 22 right now with official visitors and things like that. I think that they kind of wanted to kickstart that. And then let's kind of look and see, you know, where do they go from here? Do they watch him at some point this summer? I'd be shocked if they didn't. Yeah. I'll start with, you know, what I thought of his game. I, I went into this weekend with high expectations. I've seen him play before, uh, but some of the competition that I've seen him against in the past has not been great. And I did think that this field was a 64 team field. I thought the competition was not superb, but I thought it was some of the best teams in the state of Kentucky all competing against each other. So I thought it was a good platform for him to kind of show off what he has. And I was most, you know, like you brought up, he was guarding one through five on defense. He was the, the team's starting center because North Laurel is in, in, incredibly small. Uh, so there he was, six foot three, 175 pounds, you know, as, as the team's starting center on defense, which say what you want about it, but it had one high major head coach that I was sitting next to at one of the games uh, specifically say, uh, he's got everything. He plays center on defense and point guard on offense. And then he added, he might be more athletic than his dad at, at, at this age. And we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. I know you, you, it, it's tough to bring up that conversation because it's, you know, kind of apples and oranges, but that was something, even considering the circumstances, it was something that turned the heads, uh, the, the head of at least one high major head coach that was sitting right next to me. So I thought that was uh, something, something to be said, but what was most impressive to me was his ability to absolutely score the rock at all three levels. I thought, you know, there's sometimes that when you have a, a jumper the way you, you have with Reed who can just go and dunk on somebody's face every time he steps on the floor. And he does usually he, you know, almost every single game he has one, uh, holy crap type dunk where he dunks on somebody's head or, uh, you know, kind of jumps from a couple feet inside the, the, the free throw line and, and dunks on somebody, you know, whatever it is, he, he has that, that type of, of dunking ability and leaping ability. So a lot of people kind of, uh, you know, highlight that as one of the key parts of his game. But Sean, like you brought up his mid range, it was one mm. after the other cash, 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 every single, I mean, and it was, and it wasn't just the same one dribble pull up mid-range jump shot too I mean he was kind of swaying back and forth that those Allen Iverson crossovers to kind of create his own shot and keep the defense on their toes and uh, you know kind of the, the step back mid-range jump shots it was the way he was creating his shot from the mid-range in so many different ways and every single time it was money it's just like dude it doesn't matter who's guarding him it doesn't matter if the dude's seven foot in front of him or four foot two he is scoring that basketball uh, from that range. And then and I just went back and watched his most impressive performance that you, that you were there as well as the second game of the day uh, on, on day one. He finished with 33 points, started the game uh, three of three from three, ended up five of seven from three. I believe he had five threes in the first half, actually. But he was absolutely on fire shooting the rock from three. And it was, it was a performance where I, I just finished watching it again. And I came away thinking that was about as complete and nearly flawless of an offensive performance as you could ask for. I mean, just the way he scored at all three levels, he was knocking down threes. That mid-range was just absolute cash. He was dunking on people, finishing strong at the rim, and one uh, finishes drawing fouls. I mean, he – was was just absolutely complete, and I think he added eight uh, assists, another you know five, six, seven rebounds, a couple blocks, a couple steals. 
Uh, I mean, just he did everything for that North Laurel team. And uh, it just – and that's – you know, with all due respect to that that team, they're not very talented combined. Again, he's the starting center at six foot three on that team, so they're not big. They're not super talented. But they were among the best at that event, and a lot – and the sole reason of that was because of, of Reed Shepard and what he brought to the table. So I did think that it was – a missed opportunity for the Kentucky coaching staff to not be there in attendance and see it with their own two eyes. And I know they have the same access to the games, uh, you know, that I can watch a replay of these games. I'm, I'm sure they have the same access that I do to watch uh, these games on replay. But I did think, you know, we asked, I, I asked Reed straight up, you know, what do you think of playing in front of these coaches? It's the first time that you're going to be able to play in front of these coaches uh, in, you know, 19 months or whatever the last evaluation period was. And, at first, you know, it was funny. We talked about this. His answer to start with was, yeah, I, I don't pay much attention to that. I really, you know, once you start focusing on that too much, it, you, you kind of start losing focus on the game itself and all that. And I try not to think about that. And then he looks over to the stands and he sees Tony Bennett and then he sees Juwan Howard and he sees Wes Miller watching. And you can kind of see him like scanning the audience. And then he turns back to us and he goes, uh, all right, yeah, it is actually pretty cool seeing all these coaches there. Because there is something to be said about a, kid, a coach calling you or texting you and saying, hey, what's going on? You know, I'm coach so-and-so at, at whatever school. Uh, I'm really interested in you. I, I, you know, hope that you would be interested in us, and we'd love to get you in on a visit. It's, it's one thing to have a conversation like that, and it's another for those coaches to put their money where their mouth is and travel from, you know, Ann Arbor, Michigan, all the way down to, to Shelbyville, Kentucky, all the way from Virginia, the head coach, you know, Tony Bennett and his lead assistant, both traveling from, uh, you know, Charlottesville all the way to, to Shelbyville and, you know, Wes Miller being there. And there's an assistant from Texas A&M there and Louisville's uh, had an assistant there at all four of his games that he played this weekend. It was just, you go down the list, there was something to be said about those other coaches putting their time and effort on the first day on the very first event, the first day of the first event of the evaluation period, Tony Bennett used his time on Reed Shepard. He did. Ju- Juwan Howard used his time on Reed Shepard. And I think that, that that speaks volumes. I think that means something. And no, I don't think this takes Kentucky out of the running, whether it means that Kentucky's even all that interested, whatever, we'll get into that. But it doesn't mean that it's not the end of the world that Kentucky didn't show up. But I talked to another high major assistant that was there. And, you know, I asked, I was like, you know, you know what it's like to host an official visit. You know what it's like to, you know, have players like that on campus. Is this a knock on Kentucky? Do you think this will hurt? And he said, you know, it, you know, it's Kentucky. They can get in early. They can get out. You know, they can get in late if they want. But they they probably should have had somebody there. And I thought that was telling that other yeah. coaches in attendance thought that Kentucky should have been there. And I, th- I think they should have at the same time. I mean, I get why they were so locked in with 22. When you're talking NIL and you're talking – the way that Cal had to construct this roster this last season with the transfer portal, I think Cal wants to get back to getting those top 15 elite guys and then kind of filling out the roster with the transfer portal. I understand that they were all hands on deck, but it wasn't that far of a drive. What, 50 minutes, 45, 50 minutes? Maybe 45, from, mile, 45 mile drive. Yeah, right there from once you get on the interstate, it's it's no time to get to Shelbyville. You could have sent Jay Lucas. Uh, we know Orlando Antigua has been, you know, contacting 23 guys and stuff, and I know Reed got one of those messages. But – there was talent there too, Jack. Yeah. It wasn't just Reed Shepard. I mean, so that's the thing that I'm getting at that I don't want people to think that they're just not coming, you know, as a slap in the face to Reed. Like there were other guys there 
that Kentucky has shown interest in that they weren't there to watch, which I think kind of saves them when, when we talk about that. Uh, but there was Division One talent. He played Division One talent. I mean, he played Travis Perry, you know, of Lyon County. Who's a right bucket. there, who, who has an old Miss offer, I think a Creighton offer. And then is there a New Orleans, too, I think is in there with him. He, I think he has three D1 offers, if I'm I not mistaken. I saw that, yeah. Uh, so, and that was the game that really impressed me. I know overall complete performance, it was the second game the first day. But, look, his team was down like 13 or 14, and Reed kind of just looked and said, all right, it's time to go. And I don't think Lyon County scored a basket until like maybe the final 30 seconds. Reed and North Laurel went on like a 16-0 run, and it was fueled by him. Yeah. And we could hear him talking. We're sitting there on the bench with coaches, and you're hearing him talk, and he's vocal. Very, very good player, Jack. A very, very good player. I'm going to go ahead and say that in my lifetime, this will be the biggest recruitment in the state of Kentucky when it comes to an in-state kid. Obviously, I'm not – I wasn't born when Richie Farmer was being recruited and things like that. But in my lifetime, there is none bigger than this one. Whether he ends up at Kentucky or not, this one will be the biggest one because it's the son of a Final Four MVP who won two national championships at Kentucky and led the comeback Cats to a title in Tubby Smith's first year. There is no denying how big this is. His mom, one of the best players to ever play at the women's program. Top 10. He, play, he plays in Eastern Kentucky where, honestly, you find a lot of the heart and soul of this fan base. I mean, there's a lot. of. I mean, it's that's the thing. When you move down this way, it's all Kentucky fans. Mm-hmm. Not saying that Kentucky fans in Lexington or that part of the state aren't, you know, less passionate than down here, but you also blend in with Louisville fans and other fans down here. It's Kentucky. And every time he goes to a game, there's Kentucky t-shirts in the stands. And North Laurel is going to be a hotbed for division one college basketball coaches for the next two years. They're going to be in and out of that place. That's why I'm, I'm I'm going to hold off until the end of July before I really hammer Kentucky on this. Right. As, as because, because this is the thing here's the other thing too, Jack, does Reed want it? Does he just want the offer? Does he really want it? We don't really know that yet. Does Jeff want it for Reed? Here's the other side of this. Does Cal want it? Because we saw what it was with Dante Allen this year when he didn't play. If Reed Shepard doesn't play and he goes to Kentucky, it's like a stick of dynamite in your hand. It's either going to blow up in a positive way or it's going to blow up in a negative way. Derek said it best on Kentucky Daily. If Reed Shepard ends up in Kentucky, he needs to be – there and be one of their better players. That's when it works out. Yeah. Yeah. But that's totally fair. Does he deserve an offer over DJ Wagner? I'd say no. Goodness, no. No. Goodness, so, no. And he doesn't have, like, we need to wait and let this thing play out. Let those offers go and then let's see where they are with Reed Shepard. And I, I will add that that same high major assistant coach felt that it would be that that Reed Shepard will end up being the best player to come out of the most complete player to come out of the state of Kentucky in several decades um, thought that he would be that he was more of a complete player at this stage of his career than Dante Allen was late in his his basketball career thought that he would he might already be better than Dante Allen was leaving the high school ranks and we know how good Dante Allen was in college and I said that to you the other day yeah, and then I said the, the same thing. And then another uh, one of the rival coaches that were that was going up against Reed this weekend. I talked to him after one of the games, and his exact quote was, "Reed's not Rex Chapman quite yet, but he's on his way." So, I mean, we need to understand that this. I think this is why this is this is going to be one of, like you said, one of the most 
polarizing recruitments of the John Calipari era because, yes, on one end, does this kid deserve a Kentucky offer just out of pure talent? I think so. He offered Bryce Hopkins. He offered Cameron Fletcher. He offered guys that are ranked lower than – I mean, Lance Ware was – Rated anywhere, you know, 45, 50, 50, you know, the, whatever that range is. And he's already 39 overall. So we're, we're, it's not even necessarily about the, the talent itself. But Sean, I absolutely think there's something to be said about Cal's frustration with the Dante Allen experience and just kind of the baggage that came with, yes, Dante Allen came in and he was, he lit the floor up a couple times and, you know, we talked about that, how, you know, it was just one of the most beautiful stories that we've seen, uh, you know, in recent, in recent memory, you know, the Mr. Basketball comes in and saves a day in Starkville. I mean, that story just wrote itself. It was just absolutely just magical watching that in person, but there's no denying that coach Cal was absolutely affected by uh, just kind of the, the excess stuff that came with it. You know, if Dante didn't play, you know, 35 minutes and didn't get 30 shots up and didn't score 25 points, Kentucky fans were all over Coach Cal and the call-in shows and all over social media and wrote, you know, every, you know, write, writing in to him and, you know, writing letters. It, like, it was Do you think it would have been that way, though, if they had been good? Uh, no, no. I, I don't I either. Was, I think it was because it, it was more so – and we talked about it at the beginning of the season. If they put him in and he wasn't any good, I don't think Kentucky fans would have said much of anything. But because it, he was the last guy on the bench that Cal was giving a chance to, that's where the frustration stemmed from. It's like you're giving – you know, you're letting B.J. Boston go in and go two for 18, but you're not going to let Dante Allen come in and miss some of those same shots, at, you know, or make some – you know, have the opportunity to make some of those shots. That's where that frustration and kind of the tension built up between John Calipari and the Kentucky fan base this past season. And I genuinely believe that if Kentucky goes all in on Reed Shepard, it will be that times 10, that just the all out attention that comes with Reed Shepard being the son of Jeff Shepard and the history behind his time at Kentucky. I think you, you got to factor in Jeff's comments from back in 2012, 2013, whatever that was, where he said that he felt more confident going into the Louisville uh, basketball facilities and talking to Rick Pitino and his staff and, you know, being at Louisville than he is going into the Kentucky facilities at Joe Craft Center and, and talking to, to Coach Cal. Even used the phrase, uh, a phrase, uh, something to the effect of, uh, he was my, John Calipari was my enemy when I was at Kentucky. And in my mind, he's still the enemy. Something like that where it was just like, the, the, you don't make those type of, com you know, if, if he's saying those things publicly, What's going on behind the scenes privately? And that's something that I, I think is going to just add tension. And I think he went on uh, Cameron Mills radio and, and put out something like, you know, my relationship with John Calipari is fine. People blow that way out of proportion. It's not that big of a deal. But you talk to people behind the scenes that know Jeff, that know, you know, know John Calipari, know just kind of the dynamic of it all. It's, it's a lot deeper and more complicated than their – either of them will ever be willing to go public with. And I think it is, it is going to create one of the most complicated, complex, uh, you know, polarizing recruitments that we've seen uh, John Calipari have since he, since he first got to Kentucky. And I, I think that's part of the reason why, you know, would it have made, would it have been a major statement for coach Cal to be there on day one and say, you know what, 
your son's got talent. I'm very, you know, confident that he's a Kentucky level talent. And I want you to know that we believe in him from day one. I think that could have kind of eased some of those gripes and those public, you know, coach Cal being there would have made a statement, but I also think coach Cal not being there made a, a smaller statement, not as sig- not as significant, but I think it was a statement that, that none of the assistants, uh, you, you know, that, nor the head coach were there for the entire weekend. And I'm not, again, DJ Wagner hasn't even gotten an official offer yet. He's going to get an offer, but we are so early in that 2023 process that it's, it, it'd be stupid to make any major assumptions or, uh, you know, kind of cast him off, you know, to say this recruitment's over, this, this is done, or, you know, pencil him in. It, it, it's, it's so early to make any conclusions like that, that we're going to leave it at that. But it, it was quite telling that, Reed Shepard looking as good as he did and the other coaches being in attendance the way they were and Kentucky not being there. And that's where I was getting at that they might want to wait and evaluate on the summer circuit when it comes to AAU and things like that. But that was still a talented field Mm -hmm. of teams there. I mean, you're talking Caleb Glenn. There there were talented teams uh, in that tournament and in that shootout that they played, but they might want to wait and see him in a different setting. Uh, what would it have done if, if Kentucky had sent a coach there? Can you imagine how crazy it would have been? Like yeah. if Kentucky had walked in the door up the road in Shelbyville at the high school thing, like that's usually not a setting that they recruit in, right? Mm-hmm. It's usually a travel event, an AAU event, like Under Armour and Adidas, something that they're at. It's, it's usually not that. But that was an event that I thought it would have been good for them to get out there and see. I think maybe at least on Saturday they probably should have sent someone just to maybe – kind of just watch and, and get a feel of it. But it does. It, it also says more to me about Reed Shepard that he was able to perform that way with Tony Bennett sitting back there, Rick Stansberry sitting back there. That, that stood out to me, that he wasn't afraid of that moment. And you ask him about it, and at first he was like, ah, I'm not too much into that. And then it's like he looks down there and he's like, oh, there's Tony Bennett sitting down there. <laughs> that is pretty cool now that I think about it. So. Awesome. Yeah, it was it was cool to see. Yeah, I thought it was also cool to see that how invested Jeff and Stacy are into him. I mean, you obviously, I mean, yeah, it's their kid. They're going to be invested, but Jeff, Jeff is hard on him. Yeah, like, I I watched Jeff get Jeff got pissed a couple of times when when Reed wasn't defending or he made a turnover. So and and he told that to us, right? This helps him. Because yeah. he's had two parents go through this. They know he knows what to expect. But this is going to be bigger, Jack, because it's a Kentucky, it's a Kentucky kid's Kentucky kid. Mm-hmm. Or like a kid that played at UK is yeah. what I'm getting at. You know, he wasn't a Kentucky kid, but he he's considered a Kentucky kid forever because he played here. Yeah. And it's not just anyone's son, it's Jeff Shepard's son. It's a final four MVP. We've known that this was going to be a big story for about three years now. It's so different being in it now, you know, seeing yeah. the drama unfold. You know, we were talking and texting leading up to it. And it, it, I asked a specific message. I asked you specifically, would it be more controversial for or would it be a bigger story for Cal to be there when we walk in the door? Or would it be more of a story for Cal to not be there when we walk in the door? <laughs> and like that, that's just kind of where things stand right now. It's just the the way this has all unfolded in the way that we can kind of see where this is going, just how this is going to be a larger than life recruitment, whether we like it or not, it's, 
it's like buckle your seatbelts. This is this is only going to get more crazy and hectic as as time goes on. The state will lose its mind the day that he does get an offer. I, I oh, see. I see no way he doesn't get an offer. Right? He, he's that good. Like the only thing that maybe to me, it, it one of those things where do you do you want to recruit the Kentucky kid that ends up saying no to Kentucky? Because then you're kind of put yourself out there. But you Reed deserves the opportunity to say no. Yeah, he deserves the opportunity to say yeah. Like he he's good enough. You saw it now. You were waiting around. Iowa was the first Power Five to offer, like major school. I mean, he had good offers. So at first, I, I get it. Let's play the waiting game. Let's see. Well, now that Louisville's on board and Texas A&M's on board, now what happens with Virginia? You you have to think they're going to offer the coach that told you what he said. If they don't offer, then why do you even say what he said? No. Like you, you expect that offer to come yeah. and then probably expect another one. Like he's going to have a list of 20 plus schools from power five conferences that are going to be on him. So if that's happening, he's good enough. He's yeah. good enough. If you, you threw out some names earlier that they've offered in the past, if they could offer those guys, this is a kid's a no brainer. Yeah. The only thing that's holding you back is the situation. And that's why I think it will be the most difficult situation that John Calipari has had to navigate since he's been at Kentucky. NIL is NIL, but I'm talking in recruiting, it's going to be hard because there's going to be criticism if you don't take him. And then if you get him and it doesn't go immediately as planned, there's going to be criticism there too. And I get it. I think this is one that John Calipari really needs to sit down and digest. But in the end, I think that he'll make the right call. And whether that means Reed ends up at Kentucky or not, we don't know. But I, I think Reed's going to have the opportunity to play himself into Kentucky. The fact that that Reed told us that Orlando Antigua at least sent a message. At least if I th- if we had said, nope, haven't heard a single word from Kentucky, don't know what's going on. I think that would have been like, ooh, that's not a good look at all. But the fact that Orlando Antigua at least reached out and said, hey, what's going on? I'm Coach O. Nice to you know, ni- nice to meet you. Finally, it, j- the fact that they've you know the talks are so early and just very. I mean, it's hard to even consider them talks because it's. I mean, it, it just just very very surface level exploratory conversations right now. So, but the fact that Coach O did reach out makes me think that that yes, Kentucky will be interested, and they're going to be in it, and they will most likely offer. Uh, is because they 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 did reach out in the next, the first couple days of the contact period, but I do think that this is going to be a very slow. I mean, just I mean, think of Dominique Hawkins. Think of um, you know, think of Dante Allen. How slow that process went. I mean, he Dante Allen didn't get his offer until I mean, shoot, midway through his his senior year, early early into his senior year before he got his offer. I mean, we're still two years away from that point for Reed. So it's just, it's tough to make any long-term conclusions. We're not going to make any long-term conclusions. I don't think it's a, a, you know, Cal's on the hot seat. If he doesn't offer, like I'm not, I'm not going to say, wow, Cal, you're an idiot. If you don't end up offering this kid, I, I understand that there's something to be said with Cal of, you know, why offer, you know, he sees things from a pure numbers perspective. Why offer the 39th ranked kid in the country if I can get two kids ranked in the top 20 or the number one transfer on the market or whatever. He sees things from a very scientific, you know, X player is better than X player 
I'm going to offer the better of the two. He, he thinks in a very literal, uh, literal thing and, and doesn't get as sentimental as, as a lot of other coaches do. And I think that, you know, the, but I do think the proof is in the pudding when he sees Reed with his own two eyes and sees how good he's going to end up being. He's going to see him as a Kentucky talent, not a, I'm going to throw a bone to a Kentucky bas- the son of a Kentucky basketball legend because he's the son of a Kentucky basketball legend. I think when push, com- push comes to shove, he's going to have a normal evaluation process like other class 2023 kids. And uh, I think that's fair to, to read. I, I, I understand both sides of it, I think is the best, uh, you know, long story short type way of putting it. I understand both sides of it. I understand the frustration, but I also understand John Calipari's patience with this process. The only criticism that I'll give Kentucky at any point is if they don't give Reed a shot. Like if they just don't, you know what I mean? Like yeah, recruit him. And if he goes elsewhere, he goes elsewhere. But that's the only criticism that I'd give. You gotta somebody you gotta somebody would definitely say what? Well, you should have been in on him first. Now, I, no, I, I don't want to go into that. Kentucky's doing everything that they typically would do. Mm-hmm. Kentucky's – I mean, Kentucky offers guys when they want to offer guys. It, it's not always first. I mean, they don't they don't offer their best players first, Jack. Like, like I mean, D.J. Wagner's not even got an offer yet, a, a confirmed official offer. And we know that that relationship is strong and everybody expects if, if D.J. Wagner plays college basketball, he's going to be where? At Kentucky, as yep. it stands right now. So, we don't know exactly where they stand with 23 because it's so – it's still so far off that I wanted to let them get through this initial push of 22. And then as we get into August, that's when I think the attention will shift a lot because then they've built relationships with 22 and then it just all becomes down to checking in and you know what you kind of got coming, you know, you know, fits and everything, but then 23 is going to be about building those relationships because then you're going into that. And then here's the other thing too, like John Calipari is going to have the opportunity to, travel south on 75 or fly into wherever he wants to to watch Reed Shepard multiple times. Yep. That's the advantage he's going to have over everyone else. It's just going to be right there, close. We know Reed's going to play some events in Lexington. That's that's always going to be something that North World is going to do. He's going to have opportunities to watch. It's it's not too late, and I don't even think if it's a month from now, I don't think it'll be too late. Does Is Reed Shepard going to pull the trigger and commit to Kentucky on an offer? I don't think it'll be a Dante Allen situation. I don't. No. I think that he's – there's so many major offers there. He's just scratching the surface of what he's about to get, in my opinion. I, I think that's the best takeaway of all of this. Cal might not be first, but he is going to be able to be there on a Wednesday night at 6 p.m. when North Laurel's playing, you know, down the, down the street, wherever, where Tony Bennett won't be able to be there or Jawan Howard won't be able to be there. He might not be first, but he's going to be able to be the most consistent if he wants to be. He will be able to be front, uh, you know, up close and center, front row, wherever he wants to be for the rest of, uh, of Reed's high school basketball career. If, if that's the route that John Calipari wants to take, he will have that opportunity. And like we said, I don't, it's, it's not a done deal because he wasn't there the first weekend of the evaluation period. Uh, it's, it, this is going to be a long, slow process. And I think it, it just, the, the biggest overall picture of all of this is that John Calipari is going to treat Reed Shepard like any other class of 2023. John Calipari wasn't in attendance to see DJ Wagner this weekend. I thought that was kind of telling. I was like, man, I, I, I really thought that it would have made a lot of sense to have 
your head coach there for the number one player in the country in you know for the first evaluation period he wasn't he didn't go see Derek Lively the first two days before his official visit he didn't go see uh you know any of these other big name players playing these big time events to open the evaluation period Kentucky just didn't go see anyone because they were all in on 2022 uh, preparing for these official visits on campus. And I think I that's think, kind of the, over, the overall picture here. I think Cal knows he needs to get off to a hot start in 22. I, I think that he needs – that this class needs to be one of those, Jack, where they have their guys going into the fall signing period. I think that's the thing that Cal's pushing. I don't think he wants to get into this thing in the spring again where he's having to fill the roster out with the transfer portal. Sure, it was successful right now. Remains to be seen how that works out. But not every offseason is going to be that way. We know that. Like, the transfer portal, it has a ton of names in it this year because it's new. But fewer people can go into that thing next year. Like, a lot of these guys that have gone into it, they're not going into it again. Yeah. So, I think that that's why you're seeing 22 guys be prioritized right now because I think Cal feels like there's that elite-level talent in 22 at the top of it. In that top 15 class with Derek Lively and these guys, I think he feels like those are – program changing talents like pro like team changing talents that you can kind of be pillar pieces to your program and then you blend in the portal and returning guys with that I think that's what I I just think that he's locked in and motivated with this NIL stuff that he's so attentive to what 22 is doing right now that he wants to get off to a good start with that maybe have a couple of guys in it before they even start official practice and stuff in in the late summer and early fall I, I think that's why all the attention is there and you see it with these camps, all the staff being there. I still expect 23 by the end of July we'll have a little bit more of a clearer picture on exactly what they're doing and who they're prioritizing. Is it somebody that's rated near Reed Shepard, or is Reed Shepard one of those guys I think he deserves to to get an offer? And I think he will. I think he'll get an offer. There's so many major programs that have offered him already. You don't want to turn the cheek and be if you're Kentucky. He deserves – he deserves the respect. I mean, look what his dad did, his name, everything. But it's not just his name that's getting him this. This kid is good. Mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to think that if he does get a U.K. offer, it's just because his last name's Shepard. It's because the kid can play. He is that good. I think somebody on KSR said something like, would, would Reed get all of this attention if his last name was, you know, if, if it was Reed Smith or something? And no, he would not because – He's Reed Shepard has been in the spotlight since he was in eighth grade or seventh grade, whatever it was when he was, he, he, it was known very early that he would be a high major type of talent. But over the course of this last year, when I watched him play in person, I didn't think for a second about Jeff Shepard. I thought, wow, this is a damn good basketball player, you know, standing out as the best player at this, you know, 64 team high profile event here in Shelbyville, Kentucky. Like, I, I, I'm not for a second worried about the d- dynamic of, wow, Jeff Shepard's kids really, you know, he, he's a baller. Or like, oh, there's a lot of Jeff in him. Like, oh, I see, you know, the, that, you know, all the stuff that he did at, at Kentucky back in, you know, the, that late 90s run. Oh, we can see, you know, Reed do that same thing here at Kentucky. I never for a second thought that. I thought, wow, this, this Reed kid's pretty damn good. And I think that's how – Cal's treating it. I think that's how all these other schools are treating it. That this is not because it's Jeff Shepard's kid. It's because this is a a damn good basketball player, and uh, it's it's going to be a very very busy, hectic, chaotic recruitment that 
Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know the most impressive highlight he had of the weekend? It wasn't the dunk. It was the one that he didn't finish. The one in transition. Yeah. Oh, he goodness. Almost, like, that he almost, like, hand was above the square. Like, he – when you see the sideline view of it, like, I'm like, that poor kid almost got it on his head. That his athletic his and you and you see his bounce. You see his athleticism when you watch him play. It he's explosive. You don't see kids from this part of the state have bounce like that. That's why when he walks into a gym, whether it's and I'm gonna have a ton of opportunities to watch him play because he's gonna come to Millsboro, he's gonna come to Bell County, he's gonna play at Pineville, Harlan County, all these places in the 13th region. Every gym that he walks into next year, it's gonna be full. It's it's going to be the Dante Allen effect. It's going to be everywhere he goes. It's going to be shoulder to shoulder, must see TV, and it's yeah. it's going to be exciting. It um, is. All right, let's let's uh, we we brought up the class of twenty twenty two and kind of the hectic situation that is in terms of just kind of getting these kids. You know, the recruiting in person recruiting returned on June first, and it, it has been all hands on deck across the country, getting kids on campus and you know feet on the ground, seeing these schools with their, with their own eyes and, you know, you know, in-person meetings and seeing practice and all that stuff. And uh, we got our first real taste of that this weekend with, you know, Kentucky hosting three high major recruits, three top 15 level recruits. They started out um, on the Thursday evening. They brought in Shaden Sharp, who, you know, you, you look at the rankings, he's as high as I believe number 11 in the rivals recruiting rankings. One of the most athletic, just pure scorers, pure athletes that you'll find in, in the entire class. They brought him in on Thursday. Uh, then Friday, they brought in Chris Livingston, who, again, he's a top five prospect in the class, high, high level athlete growing as a consistent shooter. And then on Sunday, they officially brought in Derek Lively, uh, offered him a scholarship offer literally like two hours after he, he told me that he got – he landed in Lexington around like 6 p.m. And then by like 8.30, he texted me that he had an offer from Kentucky. So it, they – I mean, he literally just landed, got to campus. They went out to dinner, and during their, uh, during their dinner, John Calipari extended a scholarship offer. So all – Every, it feels like the people that Kentucky is getting on campus this summer compared to who it felt like UK was was in with in recent years, it just feels like there's just something different, Sean. It feels like in this 2022 class that UK isn't out of the running for like almost anybody. Like it feels like from top to bottom, you know, all the five-star recruits that John Calipari has his name attached to most of them. And it, it just, it just feels like that recruiting mojo that UK had early on and, and, you know, kind of not in the last two, three, four years, it feels like that same momentum is back for the, for the Kentucky basketball program. And I think it started with one of the most busy recruiting weekends that, I remember in, in recent years in terms of bringing in back-to-back-to-back to back to back yeah. top 15-level prospects. What a way to get off to a hot start, right? You have this long layoff where you can't host visitors, and then you, you have Sky Clark on campus, your one commit the week before, and then you, you bring in a list of guys for 22. I mean, it, 
it's a big deal, Jack. I think that that's what I was getting at earlier when it comes to not sending anyone out to Shelbyville. I think that they were like, look, you, we've got this weekend here where there's a lot of guys in and out of this place. You want to show them the full Kentucky effect. You want the whole staff here. You've got campers and kids in the building. You're getting to see the roster. All the guys are there now. Sheboy's there. I think that it was just a big deal just to kind of have everybody there and just to kind of put on a show, put on a performance. And it's it's been a while. You know those guys were excited to do that because they've not been able to do that for a long time. So I, I'm. it feels good to be back talking about things like that. Visitors on campus, official visits. You know, we've got they've got some visits planned with 23 guys going to show up to campus and things like that. But it seems like – and I've been asked this on Kentucky Daily Mailbags for like the last month. Who's going to be the first guy to pull the trigger when it comes to 2022? And honestly, you couldn't really say, right? You couldn't right. say that in April and May. You didn't really know. But now that you know the list of visitors and the order they visited in, you you not you kind of know what Kentucky's prioritizing. Mm. And getting into the shade and sharp now, that's a guy, Jack, that I told you before we started recording that I could actually see being the first guy that commits. I, I think Kentucky's in a great position with him. I think they've been in an excellent position with him. And that's a guy who we talk about guys that climb rankings just kept climbing. I mean, he started to – I mean, he was unranked and then 70 and 40, and now you look, he's 11 in rivals. And, and I mean, he's one of those guys that very well could end up being top five because he started – when he started, he was just an athlete. All he was was he just jumped out the gym. But the way he has fine-tuned his shooting, his shooting touch, and he's now able to score – uh, you know, very consistently from from beyond the arc and and you know the mid range pull up game. He's he's that that's just absolute money. Turnaround jumpers. I, I saw him up in Indianapolis at that made hoops event and just kind of how his offensive game has grown. It it is really really impressive and I I do think he's going to end up in definitely the top ten. Very, I mean, maybe even top five when it's all said and done, but definitely top ten. He he is definitely one of those type of foundational pieces that you kind of build around in a recruiting class. And if if UK is able to pull that off, and I mean, there's been good, there have been positive vibes with him uh, in Kentucky for months now. He he's a big fan of Kentucky. It's it's kind of like a you know, it's not a well kept secret at all. He's a big fan of the Kentucky basketball program. There's a reason that uh, you know he kind of scheduled a. a quiet official visit to Kentucky as the first uh he, you know he's a kind of a tight lip tight lip kid you know he is one of those uh very close circles that doesn't like to get get out I, when I interviewed him in Indianapolis it was you know two three minutes worth of of talking before uh people kind of came up and was like all right you know he it, it's time like let's let's you know let's take a step back and let him go he's just a kid that doesn't like talking a whole lot he's kind of keeps to himself uh, but just talent, you know, just out the wazoo. He is going to be a very, very good player at the college level, and I think as of today, there's a very good chance that ends up being Kentucky. Um, Chris Livingston, I don't have a very strong vibe with. I uh, don't don't really have any great sources on him or anything right now. Um, so you, you know, all you hear after official visits like that is, oh, things went well. Uh, but the, outside of that, you don't really hear anything specific. I don't have a, a whole lot of great contact on that. But Derek Lively, the third one, I very, you know, very close on that one. And, and I'll just tell you right now that Kentucky's been a school that has been on his radar for a very long time. We've talked about, I, I talked to him about Kentucky 
uh, several times now, you know, kind of behind the scenes and at diff- different events and, you know, just texting him and, and those sorts of things. It's a very clear that Kentucky has been on his radar for a very long time. And I would be very shocked if Kentucky is not, you know, I, I think it's too early to say that Kentucky's a, you know, the early leader. Or, uh, I, I do know that he's, he likes the blue blood approach a lot, you know, the UK, UNC, Duke, but I do think that Kentucky's going to be in it for the long haul. And I would not be shocked in the slightest if he ends up being a Kentucky wildcat. I've, I've everything I've heard about this official visit going so far is that it's absolutely incredible. He was just glowing after he received his offer last night when I talked to him. So, I mean, it's, it, it, I would be absolutely shocked if Kentucky isn't in it, it, in it at the end of the day. And he, you guys know on the show that he's my favorite player in the class, just seven foot one growing guard skills. I mean, able to shoot, shoot from the three Willie Colleystein clone from the defensive side of the, you know, defensive end of the floor. He runs the floor so well, defends all five positions, lob catcher, rim runner, uh, you know, jump hook, you know, beautiful jump hook, nice touch inside. I mean, you, you name it for a seven foot one player. He has everything that you look for uh, from a high major foundational piece in the front court. It w- what's so funny is to start the summer, he was kind of seen as a, you know, even start the spring, he was seen as a like maybe second or third big in the class, just because that's just where he, re- he was ranked. He was definitely just a kind of a lob catcher and, you, you know, like where Willie Colleystein was ranked out of high school, you know, that 40, 50 range where it's like, yeah, you know, he's, he's another piece you add alongside a Nerlens Noel, like, like Willie was, but it's very clear that Derek Lively is the Nerlens Noel of this class. He is the, the premier front court piece, assuming that Jalen Duran uh, doesn't reclass, assuming he reclassifies as expected. I think, I think Derek Lively is going to end up being the best big in the class. And I don't think, I think it's absolutely justified. He is damn good. And for Kentucky to possibly land him, would it would be an absolute home run for him. Uh, so I, I think Kentucky fans should be watching that one very, very closely. They should be watching the Shaden Sharp situation very closely. Um, KSR Zach Gagan broke the news today that Keontae George, there were some reports. I, you look at on 24-7 sports, and it said that his official visit started today. Um, and that was not true, uh, Zach Zach reached out to him and said that he didn't have an official visit scheduled. He's definitely not on campus right now in Lexington. So uh, he is planning on visiting Kentucky in the coming weeks, but he is not on campus currently. Uh, I, everything I've heard about him is that it's Texas until something else happens. You know, if something else happens, people should just be kind of assuming he's at Texas. Uh, But you know, you never know once you get a kid on campus, things can happen, things can change, but it just, all in all, it's very, like you said, it's fun to just have these conversations again, like getting these post-visit recaps and talking to different people around the program, talking to people around the kids, talking to the kids themselves after these visits, just kind of the excitement of in-person recruiting back. It, just Zoom calls were fine. They did their job. Uh, the virtual visits did their job for the one year that we had to use them, but they sucked now that that is over and we don't have to deal with that stuff anymore. It's just, it's great to get these in-person visit recaps again and and just kind of getting a feel for the, the lay of the land for how things are actually going with these kids in person. So Sean, a lot of excitement going on there um, in the class of 2022 before we wrap the show up. I do have one final message from our friends at manscaped your all's absolute favorite is absolutely back summer's coming it's actually here at this point are you ready 
to unveil your beach bod. Sean, I know you're working your ass off and you are about ready to unveil your beach bod. You're in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The 4.0. Compliment your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code pilgrim that's p-i-l-g-r-i-m it's time to bundle up with manscaped performance package 4.0 inside the package you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer their weed whacker here and nose hair trimmer crop preserver ball deodorant crop reviver toner performance boxer briefs and a travel bag to hold all of your goodies first off the new performance package 4.0 includes a new lawnmower 4.0 this trimmer is insane and dare i say the goat of ball trimmers yeah i said that their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology the lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 rpm motor a new multifunction on off switch that can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn the 4000k led spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave did i mention that this trimmer is waterproof too in the shower or in the wild and from your chest pubes all the way down to your ball fro the lawnmower 4.0 is the best trimmer for you Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code PILGRIM at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with promo code PILGRIM at P-I-L-G-R-I-M at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. Sean Smith. Oh, goodness. That was, that was fantastic. Like I, gotta, I actually got a clap. Wow. You know what? If if I have to go through the embarrassment of saying things like ball throw and from your chest pubes, you guys need to buy this damn product. Do you understand that? Because it takes a lot for me to just put it all out there. And Does it really take a lot, though? It you does. You seem so relaxed and confident with this. I am all about a good product. And again, I've used these products. They are absolutely phenomenal. I have, they sent me the first 3.0 set. It was fantastic. Then they sent me the 4.0 set and it was even better. I can't say enough positive things about them, but it takes a lot for me to kind of, you know, get, get a little bit more personal with my listeners, but that's kind of the relationship I want with my listeners. I want this to be a friendship. I don't want it to be like, I'm talking at you. I want it to be that we are talking together amongst one another. Anyway, Sean, it's been a lot of fun. I, this, I like this show a lot. This was a, this was a, a good little, good little breakdown of we ever had a bad show. Never. God, no. We're certainly not going to start anytime soon with that. We'll be back very soon for another one because we know it's been a little bit since our last show and we want to make up for lost time with a, a couple more here in the very near future. So until then, Sean, this was a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to the next one. Where can fans find your work? You can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. You can find me on Twitter at JackPilgrimKSR. Reach out to me via email at JPilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back next time for another jam-packed Sources Say podcast. Go to PricePicks.com. Go to Manscaped.com. Use promo code Pilgrim for both. And I'll see you guys next time.